Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that He created us in His own image and sacrificed His only begotten sinless Son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to Him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. No longer are we hopeless, we are hopeful because we are in Christ. Is any sin too great for God to cleanse? No, because you can't get so far away from the grace of God that his grace can't reach you and meet you at your point of need. The same grace that reached the lepers, my friends, can reach you right now to the glory of God. And there are so many in today's time uh, committed suicide. They're giving up. I've never seen so many folk who say they name the name of Christ with, with suicidal tendencies. And they're closer than you think. They look good. They dress well. They got a smile. But you don't know what's in their mind or what's on their mind. And that's why we have to be very careful as to how we uh, deal with people. We don't have a right to be mean with people and to be angry with people. We don't have a right to be a grinch or a grouch. Because the very person you have an issue with may be the person who's on so much on the edge that they're thinking about suicide. And are you that one, instead of reeling them in, you push them over the cliff? Look at verse 13, the cry of the lepers, the cry of the lepers. Verse 13, and they, the lepers, lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. These 10 desperate men were so tired of their hopeless condition and isolation that when they saw Jesus, they cried out in utter desperation, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. First of all, the lepers knew who to call on. (laughs) I can can just stop right there and don't go any farther. The lepers, they knew who to call on. Let's give them some credit. The lepers went right to the source in the midst of that desperate condition. Unlike many today, uh, people have issues and problems. They don't know who to go to. You know what what people do today? They go to psychics. They go to friends who don't know the Lord. They go to the Internet and get caught in the net. Uh, They go to drugs and the alcohol. I give the lepers a whole lot of credit. At least they knew who to go to. If you're having premarital sex, you unclean. And you need to put your hand under, uh, uh, over your upper lip and you need to say, unclean. I had sex with somebody that I wasn't married to. You committing adultery and you are you committed in your mind and your wife or husband don't know you land with folk even in your mind. Unclean. You owe drugs and you snort and crack and messing around with a marijuana and all other kind of little easy stuff, little, little wheezy stuff. How about unclean? If you cussing in your mouth, you need to holler out unclean. There's a whole lot of unclean mouths in here today. You got kids with listening to dirty music. 
You need to holler out unclean. I, I, I haven't heard anybody in the house a long time holler out unclean. You gossip. You are unclean. You gambling, playing the lottery. You are unclean. You got a bad attitude. You are unclean. You cheating. You are unclean. You stealing other folk papers and plagiarizing. You are unclean. You have an unforgiving spirit. You are unclean. You got pride. You are unclean. You rebellious. You are unclean. You're dibbling and dabbling in pornography. You need to put your hand over your upper lip and say, unclean. We must give the lepers some credits. At least they knew their condition and cried out unclean. It's bad to be in bad condition and don't even know it. Many under my voice need to be in spiritual ICU and you're walking around here like you're okay. Whereas there are many saints who refuse to even confront the reality of their condition. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon, this I see. Nothing but the blood of Jesus for my cleansing, this my plea. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can for sin atone. Nothing but the blood of Jesus, not for good that I have done. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I want us to take take notice about something in their cry. Because it will help us to reach out to the untouchables. The cry of the lepers was not for physical healing, but mercy. You look at the text. Look at you just look at it. They didn't say, Lord, heal us. They said they cried out for mercy. The cry of mercy to God resulted in physical healing. If we're to be healed of our sin sick condition, we must cry out for mercy, for the mercy of God, because he is rich in mercies. Ephesians 2, 4 says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Verse 14, the command of the Savior, the command of the Savior. Look at verse 14. So when he saw them, the lepers, he said to them, go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were what? Cleansed. When Jesus saw them, he commanded them to go show themselves to the priest. There is no healing apart from obedience. A lot of folks want a healing, but they don't want to obey. There has to be obedience if you want some healing. You're not healed on your terms. There is no healing, my friends, apart from obedience. Like Naaman, go wash in the Jordan. The healing suddenly occurred after they obeyed the command of Jesus. If you suffer with physical ailment, go show yourself to the great physician. If you're suffering from spiritual diseases, go show yourself to Jesus, who is also not only the great physician, but also the great high priest. My goodness, you need to see the great high priest this morning. Whatever you need today, God's got it. Let Jesus fix it for you. I tell you, he knows just what to do. Whenever you pray, just let him have his way. Let Jesus fix it for you. In order for the untouchables to be healed, they must accept Christ on his terms and his terms alone. The lepers didn't ask any questions. Didn't ask any questions. 
Neither did they seek to understand. God, I don't understand how you're going to work this out. Tell me your plan of action. Tell me your mode of operation. None of that's in the text. They, without a word, humbly submitted to the command of the Savior. Beloved, this is the only way to receive the undeserved free gift that only Christ can bestow. Look at verses 15 and 16. The conferring of praise. The conferring of praise upon the Savior. Verses 15 and 16. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. One of the lepers, who was a Samaritan, the most despised and rejected of men, after seeing he was healed, returned and with a loud voice, glorified God. He fell down on his face at his feet and gave thanks. Let me tell you something. Salvation requires an open mouth confession. For the scripture says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And I tell you what, we like, like that leper, when we have been healed, we ought to be praising God. When we've been transformed and revived and restored and, and brought back into right relationship, we have a whole lot to thank God for. Do I have a witness in here? I tell you, I thank God for my salvation. How many of you thank God for salvation? How many of you are saved and you're glad you know it? How many of you thank God for his mercy? I like the passage that says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall what? Dwell in the house of the Lord for you. I thank God for the blood. There is sufficiency in the blood of Jesus. I thank God for his compassion because if God was hard hearted, he'd wipe me out a long time ago. I thank God for his faithfulness because God is a faithful God. He is trustworthy and reliable. I thank God for his goodness. How many of you know God is good? How many of you know God is good? Only a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ will lead to genuine praise and thanksgiving. I'm subject to burst out in praise anytime and anywhere when I think about the goodness of my Lord and my God. Let me tell you something. When you know God's been good to you, you don't care who's looking. Amen. When you know God's been good to you, listen, you be cutting loose in the, in the car, the light turned green, and you still shouting folk looking at you saying, what in the world is wrong with you? When you know God's been good to you, you'll slop water all over that tub. You have more water outside of the tub than in the tub. Makeup be all in your hair when you start shouting on God's goodness. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You don't wait till you get to church to get happy. You get happy at home. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eyes is on the sparrow and I know he watches me. I got something to sing about this morning. Only a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ will lead to genuine praise and thanksgiving. There is too much charismatic sensationalism in so-called Christianity. According to this passage, worship is not 
I don't see these le- this leper uh, falling all over the floor, foaming at the mouth. I don't see him rolling around displaying acts of making strange sounds. I, I, I see worship here. You know what worship is? It's the converted posture at being at the feet of Jesus. That's worship. <laughs> when you can sit at his feet and be at awe in his presence. That's worship. Look at verses 17 through 19. I'm almost done. Verses 17 through 19, the commendation from the Savior. The commendation from the Savior. Look, so Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. The Samaritan, who was a foreigner, had an uncommon priority. He returned and gave thanksgiving and worship to Jesus, which resulted in a commendation from the Savior. Genuine faith will manifest itself in genuine worship. Verse 17, so Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Let me labor with that just a moment, if you will. Even though the scripture does not give an answer, where are the nine? I wonder why did the other nine lepers who were healed fail to give thanks? The passage doesn't tell me why they failed to give thanks. You don't see that in your passage. Not if you read it right. You don't see anywhere. I wonder why they failed to give thanks. But allow me to use my sanctified imagination. Hey, <laughs> perhaps the nine had an inappropriate response because of a lack of appreciation for what Jesus had done. In other words, they had obedience without the gratitude. You know how you can give to God your finances, but you're giving, I could be doing something else with this money. I mean, you obeyed, you gave, but you gave with an attitude. Or uh, perhaps, uh, uh, I got to go, it's once a month, we're supposed to, with the ushers, go to the Sam's shelf. I guess I dragged myself up here. I haven't been here in three months. So you go on and do it, but you didn't do it with a sense of humility and gratitude before God. Maybe they had obedience without gratitude. B. Perhaps the nine who failed to give thanks were so excited about the healing, they forgot to give thanks. Maybe that was the issue. They were so excited. I mean, to be in a leprous condition, scaly skin, smelly smell, ostracized from society, when they were instantaneously healed by Jesus Christ, maybe they got so excited they forgot to say thanks. Oh, that's hardly possible. You've seen that before a time or two, haven't you? From your children, you have 30 presents for each child under the tree. And they open all 30 and then they say, Mama, I'm bored. <laughs> Won't you say it? Uh, they got excited, but they, they, they forgot to give thanks. 
You can get so excited about what God has done for you. Being excited is not giving thanks. Giving thanks is giving thanks. Oh, maybe it's this one. Ooh, all of us can. Maybe it's this one. It's not in scriptures, but my sanctified imagination is is messing with me right now because uh, I believe all of us have a tendency of doing this one. Perhaps they focus more on the healing than the healer. Huh? Get that. Perhaps they focus more on the healing than Jesus who is the healer. Just as many of us give more credit to the doctor. Oh, you got to go to Dr. Joe. Honey, he's a good doctor. She's, oh girl, you got this. I, I tell you what you need to do. They ain't said nothing about Jesus. You just go to that. He's the best specialist in town. I, oh, he's the best. Oh, yeah, yeah. Check him out. You wait. Get on that waiting list. Where y'all at? Y'all still here? <laughs> Excuse me. I just got to say it like that. Where y'all at? <laughs> I like oh, 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 you say, oh, that medicine. Take this three times a day. And that medicine, listen, I tried to, look, girl, I got some. I'm going to loan you a couple of pills. <laughs> you take this, you're going to be all right. Do you realize we put more faith in technology and doctors and medicine than we do Dr. Jesus? And Jesus is saying, where is my honor? He says, where is my praise? It was not the technology. It was not the doctor. It was not the medicine. It was Dr. Jesus. Jesus heals the diabetes. You can put two bones together all you want. Nothing can happen unless Jesus fused the bones. Unless Jesus' hands is in it, medical science can't do a thing for you. You can have all this wealth, but give me Jesus. Maybe it was one of these three that caused perhaps the lepers not to be able to give thanks. In a sense, weren't the nine lepers like us today? We cry out for mercy in the midst of sickness. We cry for mercy in the midst of financial calamity. We cry for God's mercy in the midst of family crisis. And God miraculously hears and answers our cry of mercy. And we often fail to give thanks to the very one who rescued us from our despair. Why should God? Now, you know, God knows that you're going to be ungrateful. And what if God did? You know what? When I get them off that that sick bed, and when the anesthesia wears off, they're going to get on up and do just like they've been doing. And God says, I'm going to just let them sleep away. And you know, that's got to be a whole lot of mercy and a whole lot of grace to let us wake up and mistreat him anyhow. A Samaritan thanks a Jew, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his attitude of gratitude, the Samaritan received more than just a physical healing. He received a spiritual healing because of his faith in Christ. Not only was his body healed, his soul was saved. We must remember that meeting the physical needs of people provides an opportunity to allow Jesus to meet the spiritual needs. You can't witness to a hungry man unless you first feed him. And then you give him a reason 
That gives credibility to your witness after you've fed them. Let me tell you why I did what I did. Because the Christ in me moved me to serve you in that condition. Conclusion. What kind of faith do you have as it pertains to spreading the gospel? Is it the type displayed only on Sundays amidst other believers? Is it the type of faith that is shared with those of familiar social status? Is it the type that is shared only with those of the same race? I pitied a man or woman that can only witness to those of their race. White folk need Jesus. Black folk need Jesus. Asian folk need Jesus. Jews need Jesus. Pagan need Jesus. Robbers need Jesus. Homemongers need Jesus. Pimps need Jesus. Prostitutes need Jesus. Liars need Jesus. Angry folk need Jesus. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. No, not one. In Matthew 28, 19, Jesus commands us to go and make disciples of all nations. And beloved, if we are going to have the kind of faith that reaches the untouchables, we are going to have to take the gospel beyond our comfort zones. We are going to have to take the gospel to those who are despised and rejected by society. We must take the gospel to those who are incarcerated, to those of another race, creed, color, or background. No, they're not going to be like us, and they're not supposed to be like us, and we ought to meet them at their point of need. We must take it to those that society has neglected. We must take the gospel to the homeless on the street, the inner city, the mentally challenged of the bedridden elderly. We must go to the outcast of society and minister to the untouchables. We must realize that this faith is not our own. Salvation is a gift, a free gift from God and must not be limited to our own personal prejudices or personal preferences. What does it profit you to be saved, sanctified, and satisfied? What does it profit you to know theology and all the doctrines of the Bible and then only restrict it to a select few? What does it profit you to go to Bible study fellowship, Bible seminars, and conferences, and have great theological debates and discussions with only those with whom you feel comfortable while many around you are lost and headed to a Christless eternity. Beloved, salvation is too great to keep it to ourselves. I love that old song that says, I said I wouldn't go tell nobody. But I couldn't keep it to myself. What the Lord has done for me. It goes on to say, you ought to have been there. When he saved my soul, you ought to have been there. When he put my what? Name on the road. So I started walking. I started talking. I started singing. I started shouting what the Lord has done for me. I got something to shout about. Reach out and touch a soul that is hungry. Reach out and touch a spirit in despair. Reach out and touch a life torn and dirty. A man who is lonely, if you really care. Reach out and touch that neighbor who hates you. Reach out and touch that stranger who meets you. Reach out and touch the brother who needs you, if you really care. 
Reach out and touch a friend who is weary. Reach out and touch a seeker unaware. Reach out and touch, though touching means losing a part of your own self, if you really dare. Reach out and give your love to the loveless. Reach out and make a home for the homeless. Reach out and shed God's light in the darkness. Reach out and touch if you really can. All God's children say, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this message. Father, people are hungry. People are ringing Salvation Army bells outside of stores. There's somebody saying, I work. I'm hungry. I work for food. And Father, we know we can't help everybody. But your precious spirit, when it's in charge, will move us to help more than somebody. Help us to get out of ourselves and realize that we are one fire away from being homeless. We're one flood away from being outdoors. We're one sickness away from losing all of our funds. Oh God, help us to not be so self-centered, but help us to move beyond ourselves and be a blessing to others who need a word of hope and encouragement in the midst of calamity and disaster. Father, may we not be so inclined to look at the gains and to have our own fun at the expense of seeing others lose it all. Oh God, may we have your compassion. Put in us a passion and a love for people that will never burn out. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name we pray, and all God's children said. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683.